This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbods and Hunbros, a little bit of housekeeping before we start the show. It has been a week. It is both literally and figuratively, it has been a week. Do you know what I mean? Oh, man. Um, we're getting back in the swing of things, though. Second week of school, I'm figuring it out. I had a good week. It was just a very busy week. Lots of interviews, chats, talks, the whole shebang. Uh, but one of my favorite things about this show is how it somehow, even though I record at least weeks, if not months, before these episodes come out. Um, I love how the themes still sort of work for now when I'm editing, as they did when these conversations were happening. Uh, case in point, this episode deals with funnel marketing. And one of the phone calls that I had this week, earlier in the week, before I even started editing the episode, was with Jane Marie, because her and I are spoilers working on an episode for the future so um, I was chatting with her and we were talking about funnel marketing and she said you know there's actually a term for it and I had never heard this before and it's called funnel hacking and the internet's definition of funnel hacking is the process of digging into your competitors marketing funnels and using versions of those funnels to sell your own products and we often see these marketing funnels in these coaching coaches to coach type situations or the course selling situations. There's like an affiliate marketing course one out there. And I didn't know there was like actually a term. And it's basically what I do for recipes where I want to make something and I go and I look at like five to 10 different recipes and I, I pull from the recipes what I like and sort of create my own recipe. That's basically what funnel hacking is. is these people are looking at their competitors' funnels and going, oh, I like that font color. I like that theme. I like that music. I like that background. I like that font. And they're sort of picking and choosing and creating their own funnels to hopefully catch some of the marketing expertise that bigger competitors who have actually done the research have had success with. So uh, it's kind of slimy. I don't know. I want to learn about it. So this is a call to action. Anybody out there who really understands what funnel hacking is, maybe is a funnel hacker or took a course or something like that and can explain it. I do so much better educating on an episode when I have a guest. So I would love to talk to you. Let's make an episode. Hit me up. 
Other than that, just want to thank our new Patreon members this week. Thank you so much to Shelly Nelson and Leila Touche, both of which who upgraded and became Hunbot Slayers, and to Donna Bettis as well for joining the group. Welcome, and thank you so much for being there with us. I'm working extra hard to create bonus content. There's a little bit of bonus content in this episode. If you are so inclined, you can join the Patreon and hear that. We have $5 and $10 monthly tiers. And every episode does come out early and ad-free. And on the weeks where I'm just killing it, I even sometimes get episodes out an extra day early. This week was not a week that I killed it, so I apologize there. But I got a lot of other stuff done that you guys are going to be excited about in the future. So future everybody is going to be like, yes. Anyway, I've rambled on enough please enjoy this episode. But really quick content warning, we do talk quite a bit about mental health. So if that is triggering for you, maybe just dip your toe in. And then secondly, there's a little bit of an audio issue. Um, The guest's mic has a bit of an echo. And I did my best in post to sort of level it out. But if you have audio sensitivity or sensory issues, you might want to give it a couple minutes and see if it's an issue for you or not. And if it is, I apologize so much. I am so sorry. Um, But I hope not. Uh, And to everybody else, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we have a special guest from a completely different country. Um, I love talking to other people from other countries because it really shows the global issue that multi-level marketing is. It's not just a U.S. thing. It is everywhere, and it is causing havoc and creating debt across the globe. So today, we are going to be talking to Nikki. Nikki, hi. How are you? Hi, Roberta. I'm good. Thank you. So happy to have you here. So tell everybody where you're from and where you live. So I live in Auckland, I live in New Zealand now, but um, we came here 11 years ago from um, the UK after a a year of travelling around the world backpacking. So we decided to come back here and live and, you know, it's been good and not so good, you know, as as it is when you leave everybody behind and go start a new life somewhere. So we, yeah, we've been here about 11 years. Still very British. <laughs> Still, I never I was British. You know, I never thought of myself as that at all until I came here and then I realised that probably I am quite. <laughs> I feel the same way about like being American. Like I don't really ever think about it until I go other places. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm totally American. Oops, yeah, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> you know, things like humor or things that make me laugh. You know, I think, oh yeah, actually, you know, things that don't get understood in a different, you know, in a different sort of environment that you're used to. That's quite interesting. Absolutely. So we're going to talk today about an MLM that I have discussed on this podcast before, but we're talking about it from the perspective of someone who is in it as opposed to just someone who talks about it. So a couple months ago, we had Alonda Carter, the recovering Hunbot on the podcast. Love her. And we talked about this MLM. It's called a Nagic. It's that water filter filtration system that costs exorbitant amounts of money. I've talked about it on TikTok. Um, And we're going to talk about this. And I think one of the things that really sort of drives me crazy about this is they use a lot of funnel marketing. And so what, and with your story as well, you think you're signing up for one thing and you very 
quickly realize that you're just in like a marketing funnel for a scam. And Enagic does this really well. Alanda talks a lot about Darren and Mike, which are some of the heads of the pyramid on one end of Enagic. And we're going to talk about a couple other funnels that you were associated with and, and what that looked like and, and what your journey was like. Because this is one of the MLMs, again, like I had to ask Alanda, I'm like, what is this? Like, how does this work? And so I think your perspective is going to be really valuable today. And I'm excited to sort of dive in. Let's talk about the the funnel and and what that looked like. Where, how did you even get involved in Enagic and Freedom Era? And how did oh. that come about? So if I just backtrack a little bit from, if that's okay, because um, I've, I've written a lot of this stuff down over the last few weeks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, since, it all, since it all kind of blew apart, I really tried to be introspective and think about um, how I came to. And the reason I want to backtrack is because this was huge financially. And Agic and the funnel and this was huge. Up until this point, the spending that I'd done was actually when you put it together, awful for M&Ms, but this was a big spend. This wasn't just a $450 pack. This was thousands. I had to really sort of kind of step back and go, how, why, 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 why did I allow myself to be sucked into that? And what was the difference? It's only fair to say that I, I've been in other MLMs, so I'm not. So I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, I've never even heard of it," and I was brought into it, and I, you know, I didn't know anything, because that's not true. That wouldn't be true, and it wouldn't be a, a fair picture to paint. And it's interesting that I had never come across um, MLM or network marketing until I came here to New Zealand, which has got nothing to do with New Zealand. And everything to do with my life at that time, and I think my age as well, because you know, one of the reasons I feel so humiliated and so stupid in all of this is because you know I'm getting on for sixty. Anyway, when I was bringing up my kids, and and I was in the UK, I've got five kids, and I homeschooled them, so I was very involved in all of that. And because of my age and my kids' age, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have all of that stuff. You, I don't know, you're not as old as me, Roberta, but, you know, we didn't have that impact. One of the things that's changed is the uh, accessibility and the in-your-faceness of how it is these days. Like back then, unless I saw it in a newspaper or somebody really did come and introduce and take me to a hotel thing, which kind of happened here. I didn't really have see it. So I came here and I was very lonely. I think I've realized I've written this down and I tried to draw out what was what were the things for all of them and what situation was I in that drew me in. And I think you know, I came to New Zealand and I left all my friends behind and my community. And because I'd been a homeschooling mom and you know, I was in the West Country of England and it was all very kind of community and we all did stuff. And, and then I came here and suddenly I was kind of quite isolated. We, the kids went to school temporarily because we thought, well, we're in a new country, we need to make friends. But I, I really didn't. I stayed at home to make sure that, that they could settle in a new country rather than me just go out and get work and whatever. So so I was, I guess, I didn't really realise it at the time, but when I look back in hindsight, I was ripe and ready for community or something being offered. Right, And so I first met somebody um, who introduced me to new ways, as it was then, and it then obviously went and became Modere. And, um, and again, another reflection that I've written down is I belong to two. I belong to Modere, as it became, and Isogenics. And in hindsight, both of those uplines, and I never really got involved. I bought the products, I used the products, 
I was always on the edge. I never did what they wanted me to do. And I, I knew that. I knew that I never really did the thing. I knew that I got drawn into the going to the meetings and being part of something. But I never, when it came to actually pushing it, I, I never wanted, it never felt right. I never felt comfortable. And the two uplines I had in those two companies were, in hindsight, well, not very nice. <laughs> but at the time, I didn't really see it. They were telling me I had to do this, I had to do this, I had to do this. And when I didn't, it all imploded. And, and you would think, Roberta, that I might have learned my lesson from that. But you I would, didn't. You would think. You would hope and you would think <laughs> that maybe the alarm bells would have gone off and the red flags would have waved themselves at me. But you wouldn't be guess, here today with me, Nikki, if that was the case. Oh, I wouldn't. And, <laughs> and, and I, I was drawn in by the press, like just a little brief back thing. I'm a tra- I, I trained as a teacher. I did lots of work in like psychology and sociology. I've always been very into people and community and how we work and how our brains work. And, and I think I initially got drew, drawn into the personal development side of which I went right down the rabbit hole of hugely. Oh man, it's so hard to talk about it because now I'm telling you this from the other side. It's like I've come round the fence and I'm on the other side looking at it. And right. then when you talk about it, you just think I can hardly bear to hear myself repeat this stuff. But I know that, I need to because if one person hears and goes, oh, that's how, you know, this is happening to me or I need to get out, it will be worth it. But, yeah, so I so I got really drawn into the personal development. And I think um, in those initial MLM time, you know, those first companies, I was not really convinced that it was power to the people. In the beginning, I wasn't convinced about the business model. But as time went on, I was convinced, I became convinced of it being a good model. You know, I began to believe that it was power to the people, that this was a way that people could, that you could earn more than the uplining. You know, we know all the things yeah. that are said to us. And I I came to believe it. I came to believe that this was good for people. Because I've always worked with, like when I was a, first a teacher in England 30 odd years ago, you know, I... I went to work. I'm I'm a real working class girl. That's how I grew up in England. And it was quite the thing 40 years ago to go to university and to do this thing. Like none of my family had done it. And when I came out of, you know, with my degree in education, I went off to some of the worst places England has to offer up socially for because I came from those backgrounds and I wanted to go back into them and do something. So that's I'm not saying that because I think I'm some kind of wear some kind of halo. I'm just, it's just that if that was my personality, that was what I believed in. So it didn't take that much to have me believe that maybe this was a great way for anyone who was maybe perceived as the underdog a bit. Like, you know, you, you, it didn't matter what education you had. It didn't matter what, it didn't, none of that mattered. And of course that appealed to me, not just for myself, I mean, for all t- intents and purposes, I, I had a, the education and everything, but but it appealed to my sense of this is good for people. So I, there was a part of me that kind of really believed that this was going to elevate people's lives, that this gave people, everyday people, a chance. And, and I suppose, so anyway, that continued. And then 
Well, you know, like you hear these messages constantly, right? You're on these calls, you're at these conventions, you're, you're on the the webinars, whatever. And you're hearing this constantly. And even though you know for yourself, like this isn't true, like that's not how it happens. This isn't real. That's not how that works. You hear it so many times and you suspend disbelief and believe it so many times that you truly believe it. You know, like a lot of times, like people will ask me, like, why does when they watch Lula Rich, like, how does Deanne like believe her bullshit? And I'm like, because she said it so many times that she genuinely believes that to be truth, even though it's not. And that's what they do. They just wear you down. They just, just, they inundate you with this same message, this loaded language message. And it's, it's a form of brainwashing and you just eventually believe the message to be true. Yes, absolutely. And if you look at psychology and if you look at how groups of people are controlled, then you can see how that happens. And you go to, you know, you take a lonely person and you and you put them into a group of seemingly like minded people. I mean, suddenly you're in a room full of people who all think the same and you know, they're all believing the same message. And you know, like I said, in hindsight, when you look back on it, you think, whoa, that like is scary. Yeah. It's scary that anybody, any of us. And and also, Roberta, they, we know they go for the pain points. Absolutely. We know that's what they try and train us to do. And that's a bit I could never do because I could, I could never marry those two together. The fact that I had kind of been convinced that this was good for people and that I would somehow be, be doing good for people with the other bit that felt so icky. So I was always in a kind of, anyway. That, like battling your own cognitive dissonance like all the time. All the time, it's like constantly arguing with yourself. It doesn't sound like it to say it, but I think I there was a bit of preservation in me. You know, it's a, there's always been that bit of me um, that would hold back from situations. Maybe not enough this time, but but then what happened, you see, is I, I went back to teaching, I went back to working, I started meeting people and having, you know, a little bit of income. And But I, t- I had my kids at home for... 20 odd years over five kids so I took a lot of time out from work and you know the society we live in they're not quick to give us a job when we've taken that nobody says oh you've done a great job of bringing up your kids like you've got all these skills we'll give you a job it's like oh what have you done for 20 years sorry (laughs) you can't work in a shop or a school or at this or that because you haven't got the skills and so I I had a lot of that going on. I don't regret doing what I did with my kids at all. So in case they listen to this, best years, best years, no regrets, none whatsoever, except possibly that I didn't look after myself. And I think a lot yeah. of women do that. And and believe me, that's the same if they work. That's the same if they work full time and, and have their It doesn't matter. We put a lot into our family, into our life, into community. And it's, you know, whatever way you look at it we kind of give stuff up and there's lots of juicy pain points there because you're either guilty because you left your kids or you're not employable because you stayed with them so it's like <laughs> you know you can't win which way you can't win can right. you so absolutely um, so you we know, can't win at all and it, it's wild yeah. right and they take advantage yeah. of that and it's just it's it's something I oh man it's just one of those things that drives me crazy it just is um and it's it's one of the things that they use to really recruit oh, and, and get people into that's these why we, that's why stay at home moms and I cannot believe that there was a point in time just a point in time when I thought I could help stay at home moms I could help that like you know the fact that and I I think I did it and felt it with a good heart because I think I really believed it 
until I didn't, until I saw it. And then, and then I was horrified. Well, you know what we do as women, uh, we take on way more than we can. We set ourselves on fire to keep everybody else warm. And we accept so much less for ourselves in the name of love and in the name of doing what's best for everybody. We really diminish our ourselves and our power. I know I was very guilty of that doing way too much. And in doing way too much to be everything, I was failing as a wife and a mom. It was just a, a horrible situation. So yeah, I mean, I've learned recently in the last couple of years, you know, you have to put your mask on first, your, your oxygen yeah. mask that drops from the ceiling, <laughs> then help everyone else. Because here I am gasping yeah. for air being like, does your mask work? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I'm just, yeah. I'm not performing at my best when I'm scrambling and trying to be everything and you're not thinking at your best either and what also can feed into that is you start to lose confidence and self-esteem and then you know you start to become a bit eroded some not everybody obviously but that can that can happen and it certainly happened to me as I went through and you know hope it's okay to bring this up but you know as I went through menopause because I moved to another country at 47, when was almost straight into that menopausal 10-year kind of hiatus of a freight train that just kind of came crashing through my life. And and then I wasn't working, and, and then I couldn't get work, and then it was a kind of like, I don't know, sort of, <laughs> it wasn't a great combination, let's just say that. So I left, I left the whole network marketing and MLM alone and went and did get some relief teaching work and stuff. And then COVID hit us and then we were all locked up and then I couldn't go to work. Now, again, I don't want to be controversial around this because this, at the time I chose not to get the vaccine, not as a, and I never tried to persuade anybody else to do, not to, like my, all my family have had it. It's not a big thing. I may still have it it's not it was a health issue thing but the fact was that here in New Zealand that was made life very very difficult and it was a very difficult choice because I ostracized myself in many ways because I wasn't allowed to go anywhere or do anything so and you know your listeners could think well so you're right you made that choice and yes I did and I and I put my hands up in responsibility you know that that was a choice I could have changed that overnight, but it was only a part of a bigger picture of what was happening at the time. Part so, so in part I couldn't go and work, but then most of that over that two year period, there was a lot of that time we were locked down anyway. And by the time Freedom Era came into my world, I had been locked down, not working. Suffice to say, there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, my own personal journey with everything. And somehow, somewhere, I seem to put those other experiences, they seem to disappear in the light of something new that came up. And I had no money coming in at all. Like, I wasn't earning at all. But I did have a little bit of savings that had been left to me by my dad a few years back, which, again, I don't want to use all these things as excuses because I want to make clear that, I take responsibility for myself and my actions and my decisions in everything. I always have done. I don't want to be here like blaming people, but we all have to be accountable for the different parts we play. And that's what this for me is about. It's like, yes, I signed on the dotted line. Yes, I gave my money over whatever. 
I take responsibility. I'm a grown woman. I made that decision. But we have to look at what influence other people have on you making that decision. They're not being made accountable for that. And the damage and the destruction that they cause in people's lives. I'm glad that I can say that I never recruited anybody in the first two or this one ever. I never recruited um, I never made any money off anyone. I never made any money. And that's the only thing that holds me kind of <laughs> makes me feel slightly better is that I think at least I'm only dealing with my own feelings of humiliation. At least I'm not. Or even the fact that I even thought about or tried to do it. And the worst thing of all, I mean, I'm really like putting it on the table now. So the worst thing of all is when I was in isogenics and I had gone to a conference in Australia and we know how much all of that costs, don't we? I mean, I never I never made any money doing any of this, but I paid for personal development. I paid for airfares. I paid for conferences. I paid for products. I mean, because the trouble is now I'm on the other side of the fence. I'm, I have to stop myself thinking, what would I have done? What could I be doing now with that money? Like, you have to kind of try and let that go because it, I don't know about you, Roberta, but it kind of does my head in. Like, I just... When I finally saw like the number I actually spent versus the number I made, and I'm just thinking like, because the money that I made wasn't much different than the money I was making in the job that I left to do the MLM. So it was kind of a wash in terms of that, but the money that I spent to make that money, I was like, I could have done so much stuff with this money. I, I could have gone on the most amazing vacation of all time. Like just one incredibly amazing vacation or so many incredible, amazing vacations. Like I know. just insane. I know. Like Imagine insane. if you saying if you had been, I, I often think like if I'd been saving that money, it's like the same as you just said. It's like I can't I can't go there because the things that I joined Freedom Era for, I could have had. Like I didn't want the big houses, the boats, the cars, the like the stuff that we generically are told about makes us like rich and you know that's what we all want. No, no, no. I don't want any of that. When I want my why statement down, because of course we're all told to do our big why, because then they can use it, can't they? You know, that's, it's, you know, that, that, oh, I can barely stand it. So, you know, when I did my why, it was like, I want to buy a camper van so I can take my grandkids when I'm camping. You know, I'm not saying this because I'm like to be all humble and whatever, but what I'm saying is that I, I wanted like to, I wanted to do something for them, like for their future. Like it was, and I could have done that with the money that I spent. I could have bought a camper van with the money I gave them. Do you know what I'm saying? But I somehow yeah. I bought into that spend more and make more as opposed to you have this. Why don't you do this with it? You know, I, I don't know at what point in my journey through this, I somehow bought into that spend to make kind of, you know, because I was never like that. When my kids were small, we were homeschooling. We were kind of pretty frugal, actually. I made everything and we went camping and we had a tremendous time on very little. I didn't join a network marketing company to do all of that. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. 
Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet, and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I didn't, you know, we didn't go without. We had a great life, but there there was not much money involved in it because we were clever with it. So at what point in time did I just suddenly think, oh, here, you can have all my savings. Now I'm going to make all this money to give my grandkids what? Now I can't give them anything in terms of financial things. I mean, time, of course. Yeah, well, I think you're just like a lot of people who join because they want normal things, right? They don't want to struggle anymore. They don't want to freak out on the last three days of the month because the new paycheck hasn't come in and there's bills out that haven't covered from the old paycheck and we don't want to overdraft. Like people just don't want to live like that. And if the difference is an extra $500 a month to to buffer that fear, like people are like, tell me what I need to do, but they don't realize that making $500 a month is going to cost them more than $500 a month in the long run. They just don't understand that. Good financial education, in fact, because you'd be better looking at where is it seeping out the holes in your financial bucket. But we're not, we've moved past that with social media and everything. People, people want a different life and who can blame them? I mean, I was stuck here, but you know, we live in a rented house. We, we spent all our money to come to this country to bring our kids to somewhere that we felt was going to be better for them. All good. Again, full responsibility. We made that choice. But, you know, at 58, there's like, oh, we're renting. Like, my dream was to just be able to sort of own a house that nobody could take away from us. It could be a shed. (laughs) It didn't need to be like a mansion. It needed to be ours because I felt unstable, because I felt like with all the pandemic stuff and all the worry around jobs and nobody really knowing what the future was going to bring, when you click on a post of somebody that is living this life and something kind of, I don't know what happened in my brain, that it just, you know, it just seemed like the right thing to do. But in hindsight, well, back in Australia, I 
I was at the Isogenics conference and I got a message about doing a, you know, affiliate marketing that would be high ticket. And this is very important to the Freedom Mirror kind of this that we're really sort of wanting to talk about because what they push most is the high ticket. And he so he contacted me and it was Ace. Now I said no to that then. So that was six, seven years ago. So that's why I know about them. I completely forgot about that. But the woman whose post I clicked on had been with Ace. That's how we were in the social media contact. You know, that's how come her post came up. And so I knew who she was. I didn't know her personally, but I knew who she was. And, you know, she was successful and everything. And um, again, there was it was back to this high ticket thing. So that's how I came to get click on her post go to the webinar, be part of the funnel. And she was right. She said to me that this was very different to ACE, that this was very feminine. You know, it's much more, ACE apparently was much more masculine in it. ACE is run by, I believe, Darren and Mike, who is sort of who Alonda goes after and talk. I think it's ACE, Initi- Ace Initiative or something like that. Um, and they're also part of a NAGIC. They're another funnel yeah, that's right. Outside yeah. of of that, yeah. Um, that's interesting that you connected to Freedom Era through a former MLM contact. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> and yes, well, I told you that I was worried about saying all of this because you know when I hear myself saying it, I just think, I just wish I could just wind back and be me now, going back so that I could see it with the clarity that I. Sh- wish I'd seen it at the time but um I went into you know I watched the webinar and I went into the freedom era and I I paid up for the 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 month trial and I'm not gonna lie it was attractive it was attractive I'm very visual and very we're very creative in our family and um I like visual things I mean, that sounds really shallow. And I'm not saying that I was just drawn to spend all my money because it looked pretty, but I was I was drawn into the 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 world that it presented, you know, the aesthetic of yeah. the woman power and the women making a difference and the whole the whole thing. And I'm not saying I maybe they are. Like like I said, I'm not here to lay blame at their feet because I want to take responsibility and I want to understand why I did what I did so that then maybe others could step, do that thing where they can step back and go, actually, no. Whereas I was fully in there going, well, you know, because I've always been quite into alternatives. And I think that's important. So I had the personal development thing was always a big, that I bought into all of that, even back long before network marketing and stuff. I was always into a different way of doing things or, or at least exploring different ways of doing things. I have to be honest and say that, you know, the water filter kind of, there was a slight appeal, you know, I kind of bought into that a bit. Again, I wish I could go back because now it feels like somebody's run a vacuum cleaner through my brain and I'm like, you're kidding me. Like, really? (laughs) But, But I need to say those things because I think, again, we have so much social media that we're, we have so much information and I am a junkie for learning. My now that I know ADHD brain, it loves rabbit holes and learning. And if I'm focused on something, I'll go all in. But it's been to, it's been good in some ways, but it's been hugely detrimental in this situation. 
Because yeah, I could imagine how like an ADHD hyperfixation brain in a pay by the course type, you know, paid course yes. could really get sucked in and spend a lot oh, of money just totally. learning and learning and going and going. Here were all these, like, I love courses. Like I, I have all these courses that I never finished because I love the beginning. Like I'm just being honest, Roberta. Like it doesn't, I, you know, I, I'm, if nothing else, I'm honest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, real I'm real about myself. You know, I think um, I love the learning and I love new. I love, like, I don't want to be bored. My brain wants to keep learning and doing. And But halfway through, it'll get fed up. But actually, I think that that's, that may have saved me slightly. Because I couldn't go, I went all in and I went into the rabbit hole of Freedom Era and I, I, I went through all those courses in like the month. Like I was in, I was, I was looking, I was, but then it started to wane. And I think down the line a bit, it was that that saved me because it was like, and I just wish that I had listened to my intuition when, um, when it came to buying in to the water filter. Let's talk about yeah. really quick before we get into the buying of the water filter. Let's talk about what Freedom Era looked like, like when it came across your feed. What did it look like? Because when I went to the website, it's it's like it's just courses, right? It doesn't say anything about Enagic. It's not talking about MLM or anything. Um, it's talking about like a community of conscious entrepreneurs, yeah. inspiring know, visionaries, things like that, where you're like, yes, yes, this is where I want to be. I know. So that's how I felt. So yeah, so tell me about that experience. Yeah. Oh, well, that's how it presented to me. And that's what that is what drew me in. There is no doubt. I mean, I could have bought the water filter eight years ago. I could have done that if that's what I wanted, but um it wasn't that that drew me in. I'm yeah. not saying it didn't hook me or or it didn't get become a big part of it, but it that isn't what drew me in. What drew me in was feeling as I was feeling. And I think it's really important. To, and I know you ask um, the question, that, and and I know Alandra does as well, that where were you and what was going on when you got hooked in? And I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something. So it wasn't just about making lots of money. I wanted it to make do something impactful. I wanted to make a difference. I still want to make a difference. I probably want to make a difference, and that's why I'm here talking to you, because innately that's what that drew me in that idea that I could make a difference because I was sat in my house never going out never meeting people and I love community and people and that whole idea of working together to make make things better so if you put that with this seemingly wonderful community of women doing all this stuff and you can do it too and you can be part of it and it hooked like it hooked me in it did. It hooked me in. I wanted to do it. At what point does Enagic show up in Freedom Era? Like, what, how does how did these two things connect? Well, now I think it because when I left, I left, and I like I don't even want to look at it. But but before I left, it was I think they were it was showing up quicker. I I can't don't I can't be quoted on that because I don't really know. But I think some things had changed, and perhaps. I still don't think it's coming at the beginning of the funnel. I still, you're still not knowing about it until you get to it. Looking at this website and and, yeah. and the way that it is, it almost seems like 
this pretty attractive opportunity comes across your feed that's talking about being a visionary and a leader and an, a conscious entrepreneur. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm thinking I'm wanting to do that. This funnel, this program, this coaching program is going to teach you all of the skills, all of the things you need uh-huh. to become this. And then, yeah. and then we're also going to provide a product for you to sell as well. Yes. And that's this that's magic it. water filter. Yeah. Yeah, that's but it. so could you sell something else with their amazing funnel system and conscious entrepreneur classes? Well, I think that's what's changed. And again, I, I don't want to be I can't be anyone listening might say, well, that's wrong. And I'm just going to say it from how I'm perceiving it to be is that now that they've shortened the time that you can be. Because when I joined, you have 30 days. And in that 30 days, I could look, I was looking at, you know, all the courses and things. The sales pitch came kind of two weeks in. In among it, it the sales pitch came for the water filter. I think now that's coming sooner. My feeling is that if you're not going to buy into the water filter, you probably don't stay in the program. I might be wrong, but I think when I joined it, it felt more like I could have just stayed and used it. And, and I even think there was a hint of them saying that, that, or that's certainly the impression I got that I could potentially use it and not buy the wall. I did, but you see how confusing this is? Well, yeah. I mean, all it's MLMs are super confusing. I, that's the only way they work, only, right? <laughs> it's only now that I'm kind of looking back at it that I'm thinking, well, of course, you're looking at all this stuff. You want to be part of this community. And they happen to have something. And the high ticket is the big thing. And the the upline who, who brought me into it constantly told me it wasn't MLM or network marketing. Why did I believe that? I'd already been, I, it's like, that's why I felt the need to tell you at the beginning that somehow, somewhere, I don't know why I believed that. I don't know why I believed that because for everything else, that particular thing is not true if we we could argue back and forth who who's responsible whatever but that statement isn't that is not true and I but I I wanted to believe it I suppose because I hadn't succeeded at network marketing and we also and I'd also come to realize a long time ago that you need thousands of people to like make any kind of money at all which you know so here were these people saying well you know you step up you pay this big amount but when people, when you get paid, you're going to get paid low. You know, you're going to get paid a big check and then you're going to get it back quicker. Well, yeah, all this leveraging happens. of money. They're like, no, just wait. So, yeah. So just wait. You know, you're going to get it all back. It's all magic. Like it was all magic. And I wanted magic in my life, Roberta. Yeah, I know. I me too. Some, I wanted some magic. I wanted something that was going to light me up and get me out of bed every day because I felt a bit lost, you know. And although I don't like, you know, tooting my own horn, I'm not a stupid person. You know, I'm, I have a fairly good, like I wanted to use my brain and I wanted to do things. I wanted to make a difference. So, like, you know, it, I was just ripe for it. But the biggest mistake I made, the biggest mistake I made, and I will say this because um, because it's true and um Like I said, I take responsibility for the fact that I signed on the line and sent the papers and paid the money. But I made the mistake of, I still find it really hard. I made the mistake of really trusting these people. I I just, I believed that they would be my friends. I believed that they meant what they said. And I, like I told them things, personal things about how I felt in my life 
And, and at that time, it, I didn't feel great. So you can imagine it. I wasn't bouncing up and down. I was feeling low. And, and the biggest mistake I made, and if I could go back and change anything, I told them I had savings. I told them that my dad had left me some money. And that was all I had. But they leveraged that. Because when we did the sales call, because they do this whole thing where you, you know, they talk to you a lot about getting loans because we're talking $10,000. So they talk about getting loans. But I had mentioned, God only knows why, but I had mentioned that I have some money put aside. And that was it, because then they were able to say, but you're not stepping up. You've got the money. Other people take out loans. Other people, uh, you know, want to do this so badly that they get the money from wherever. And it just fed into my sense. The whole thing fed into my sense of failure. And one thing I, and I don't know what you feel about this, Roberta, but there's this whole thing in the personal development world. I, I cannot stand it. And I will fight to the end of my days. This whole thing about well, you know, if you really believed in your business, you'd use your credit card, you'd step up, you'd get a loan. You you know, you obviously don't want to make a success of your life. You you obviously don't want to make a difference in the world because you won't pay your 10,000. You've got it and you won't pay it because you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe in this. This person who feels like at rock bottom is thinking, well, maybe they're right. That's who I am. Like I, I need, it's almost, it's a psychological thing where they I don't know and it makes me now it makes me feel like what you gave them your money because you didn't want to look like somebody who wouldn't give their money who wouldn't step up to the plate and do it like you were worried about what they thought about you that you couldn't say no and interestingly it's there's a lot of paperwork involved in in it and it's not it their system is not good and it doesn't work very well which could have been to my benefit because I saw I did all this paperwork and and then it didn't go through properly there was a lot of problems with the bank and the amount of money and there was problems and I can remember Roberta lying in bed thinking relief it wasn't I didn't think it I felt it it was like oh it hasn't gone through but then they were back but and I should have listened to that because that would have been that was when I should have said, uh uh-uh, uh, this doesn't know that I don't want to do this. But I was so far in that then they were on to me, you know, go to your bank, get this sort of all the time messages, get this done, get this done, get this done. And so I just continued with it until it went through. And it's this whole trifecta thing, which I don't know if you know about, but it's like you don't just buy the water machine, you buy the shower thing and you buy the, I don't want to. <laughs> swear on your podcast but honestly I mean it wouldn't have been so bad if I just bought the water machine but then it was the whole thing and it was like but if you buy the trifecta you make your money back quicker and and then the whole thing but the whole thing is packaged in this magic belief in the law of attraction and the way this well that's another whole thing isn't it I could just go off on another tangent because you go past the personal development psychology side of it into this whole other place of this law of attraction, this like, I just desperate. I, I admit it. I must have, I was in a desperate place and I believed it all. I believed it when she said to me, you do all of this and you'll see the magic stuff. You believe all this and you, you, your life will change like mine did. You know, I believed it all. And I'm sure she did too. That's the thing, Roberta. I, you know, you've said this before the back that in some ways 
in some ways, I, I, I don't hold blame to her because all the others or anything, because if you go so far down that road that you believe it, I guess, I don't know. I don't know because I never went that far. I don't know what that feels like because I never could make that. I could never do that. So there was always that bit of me that was like, essentially, that's how um, that's how it unfolded. That's- yeah. Wow. So I went on the Freedom Era's website and I went to like join, you know, just to see what it was. And they have three mm-hmm. options. They have the option number one, which is this monthly special that they're running. But um, a quick Google search made me realize that it's not really a monthly special and it's just like an all the time special um, where you save 77% on your first month and you only pay $22 so that you can just sort of explore the website and see what it is. Um, you get immediate access to everything. And then if you continue your subscription, Description, uh every 30 days they will um they will charge you $99 a month. So you're paying a hundred bucks a month to be a part of this. Or there's option two where you just start paying full price. You know, I don't even know why they throw that in there. Probably to be like, what a silly goose you are for not choosing option one. And then option three is you can pay it all in one lump sum and you will save 24%. Um, and it's a limited time offer. But again, a quick Google search proved that to also be false. Um, and it is $897 for the year and you can pay it in full today. And then you get access to the website and all of these training courses and all of this, which is essentially just teaching you how to make funnels to get people to basically replicate this entire process uh, forever. And then also you have to buy a water machine to be able to be a part of this too. And most of them only make their money from doing ads and ads cost a lot of money. Facebook ads cost a lot of money. And Facebook doesn't allow you to do Facebook ads for network marketing companies so they have teach you how to override that but I never got started on that because I didn't want to go down that road I'd already spent all my money and then I I'm not completely you know there was a part of my brain that was still going hang on a minute like I would hear them say oh I spent three thousand on ads and then made twenty thousand and made all my money but I'm thinking three thousand on ads like I don't even want to spend three hundred on ads like I don't know Ads is quite technical, and most people don't make any money doing that. So how was I supposed to? And then the other thing they teach you to do is brand yourself because, of course, when you do your perfect branding and your perfect photos and you basically would have to, in my case, lie about my life, um, all these people are going to be attracted, aren't they? They're going to be attracted to me and they're going to buy it all because I'm going to present. And then you just become the perpetrator you start as the victim and then you become a perpetrator because you want to get your money back right because and that's the only way to not be a victim anymore is to make money uh-huh. and the only way to make money is to become the perpetrator and it's a really vicious cycle and, and you, you being the last one in are never really going to see any of those big bucks unless you're selling like a rock star and you're selling ten thousand dollar water filters that promise five different levels of ph of water to like do five ridiculously different things like it is the most insane product that I have ever looked at where I'm just like, oh, how know. are people believing this? I know, but then I did, Roberta. And that, it, that you know, that that's the thing, isn't it? I was one of those people. I was one of those people. And there are plenty more of us. I am so upset by what's happened. That I don't even, I didn't even want it in the house. 
Because when you look at something from the, like I said, when you look at something from the other side, you, you don't just have to question one thing. You have to question a lot of things. And that's why I feel so strongly about what I feel most strongly. And I trained as a therapist and a counselor. That, that's another thing. I've done all this work with, and, and yet I, I was just drawn right into it. But what I am seeing is that the help is needed in women's lives, not not through things like the Freedom Era and this whole idea that you're going to do this in your pretty frock and make loads of money. It's more about let's look at the issues with women before what draws them into it, because that's what needs to be addressed. Why are they sad? Why are they lonely? Why do they have low self-esteem? Why do they need this exterior out? source thing that's going to somehow make their life better because what are they not addressing in the first place because if I was to look back I needed to address the problems and the things that were happening in my life but what I saw was a pretty encouraging all-encompassing thing that I could involve myself in that was somehow gonna be okay but of course like everything Roberta those problems didn't go away did they they were still there so when it came to branding myself and like I was still the depressed woman that I was before so how was I going to be bringing in all these people like what kind of life was I going to say that I was living huh and uh, other than lying which I wouldn't do and couldn't do and refused to do and that's when it all fell apart because we and it fell apart and I, I guess you want to know how it all ended well, yes, but before we go to there, I want to say that I also Googled like freedom era and magic scam to sort of see like what people are talking about on the internet about this. Um, yeah. And I found like a, a, it's like this guy, all these websites that like review MLMs to see which ones are profitable. And he's got this, the pros and the cons. And I wanted to read this. And then he also has a list uh, of something else. In fact, the review of freedom era on this guy he gives it a half a star out of five which is pretty low (laughs) Um, but the pros of freedom era uh one is it capitalizes on the alkaline water trend right so that's a great thing um and then the second one is it helps recruit unsuspecting victims into mlm which i thought that's really sad that that's a pro right that that's that it's a, this is a scam to scam people. And that's a pro. Um, and then the cons were that the products are expensive. You're prohibited to promote any other products or any other companies while you're with the magic. Um, it's a pyramid scheme in disguise. They have bad tactics to keep people in the scheme. And there's not a lot of interest in $10,000 water machines. So yeah, half a star. Yes, I would agree with all of that. That's all true. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's all true. And that funnel system is it really draws. I mean, when I joined New Ways and when I joined Isogenic, I knew what they were. I, it, right. I don't want to I don't want to defend them because I hate all MLMs now. <laughs> but in, in a slight defense, I will say that I joined Isogenics. I knew what they were. I knew I knew what the products were from the from the get go. And I, it, you know, Yes, there was a lot of stuff that I learned behind the scenes once I was in it. So, you know, it, it is still, some of it is still hidden in, in you know, full sight right. or whatever. It's not like you joined I, the Happy Body Company and they're like, no, by the way, we sell isogenics. Like no, no, it's not. So it is different. It is different. You, you are drawn in before you're drawn in. 
you know you're yeah. already wanting to be because when I joined Isogenics I joined for the products because I, I was wanting to lose weight and I wanted to feel better and that was primarily the, the reason I bought into it and it, the whole businessy thing just came with uh, you know the normal kind of network marketing thing of oh like if you were to sell it it would pay for your products you know that kind of thing so that avenue in was in all fairness slightly more transparent whereas so I wasn't drawn by the community I was drawn by the product because you know but in this case it's the opposite way around this yeah. way you're drawn to the community you're drawn to wanting to be part of it and then there's a product and so it's like well you buy the product and you carry on being part of the community because that's what they're all doing that's what it's training you to do so why would you be in there doing your own little thing? You, you kind of wouldn't, would you? Because you wouldn't be part of the community unless you were selling the water filter. Uh, it's really interesting because we mentioned ACE Initiative before, um, and these are sort of like an Amway line of affiliation with these funnel groups where they're having you join the funnel, which is basically the team, and then you're using their program that you're paying for to sell the product, which is a Nagic or a Kangen water, sort of like Amway. So it's very similar in that, like these are sort of the teams um, that you would bounce around through. But this website also names a lot of the other ones. And so I wanted to put this out there. So anybody maybe listening or might be involved in any of these can go, oh, wait, that's a Nagic, that's Kangen water. Um, so there was uh, a Nagic, obviously. And then we have the AWOL Academy, which apparently became full stack marketer. Uh, and then we also have the build your empire. We have the breakaway movement. We mm -hmm. have ACE initiative. We have a digital prosperity movement. We have global affiliate zone, free life movement, conscious creators, Ohana, <laughs> the wake water company, the CEO movement and the digital genius lab. And those are just the ones that this person who gave them half a star knows about. So like, it is so important to understand when, you know, we've done episodes about coaching programs. This is sort of the, the marriage between a coaching program and an MLM. Mm -hmm. It's a sales funnel that you join and you pay to be a part of. They're going to teach you most likely very basic sales techniques that you could find on Google if you spent more than 10 minutes looking. Um, but you're sucked in and you have to pay a hundred dollars a month and you have to mm. sell only this product. You're not allowed to sell anything else with the knowledge they're giving you and you're, you're stuck and you have to buy a water filter. And I think the cheapest one is like $1,200 and then it goes up from there. They never gave me the option. And the other thing was that, and this is, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. And again, I'm, I'm not going to blame them for it. Is that, um, the difference, again, with, say, like the isogenics thing, I went to the website and I bought the products and I saw it. But because I went into this through the funnel and then I heard about the water filter when I was in there and then I did the paperwork with the people in there, I never looked at Enagic. I never looked at their website. I never looked at maybe I could have bought a cheaper one or maybe I didn't like the company or maybe I didn't. I didn't check any of that out, I'm ashamed to say. Everything I did was within the company. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say they have got stuff for you to read in there. Like, like I need to be f at least fair. They have training on the water filter. They have what it is. and like They have stuff in there for you to look at. I mean, you know, it's not like 
there's just a water filter and nothing. They have information on it, but it's not, I never went to the actual company. I'm not saying they were lying or anything, but that's, I guess I just listened to the stuff about it in there and, and I joined from within. I joined from inside it. They have their own sales team. That's another way they sell it is that you won't have to sell it. You just get the leads and then they have a sales team who are good at selling and will do it for you. Well, yeah, I mean, people who love ooh. sales, well, you know, that's another attraction because virtually everybody who joins network marketing hates sales, ironically, because <laughs> it's just horrible. It's just, and, so, yeah, that's another draw that you're going to have this sales team that like if somebody shows interest, they're going to. And because I had that, it wasn't the upline really did her best to sell it to me, but really it was. Then I had to have a call with somebody who said about the fine. It was all about the finance. The call was how you were going to get the money. And in retrospect, I was being spoken to by, and with all due respect to age, this young girl was, and I, you know, I can't even believe I, why didn't I say to myself, why am I listening to a 21 year old, 22 year old telling me to get finance at my stage in life when I should kind of know better? Like, This whole, it was all about the finance. How are you going to get the money for this? Yeah, wow. So it was intense. It was intense about how you were going to put that kind of money together. And they always bring in the fact that other people have done all sorts to get the money because that makes you feel like you're less than. These things are always done to make you feel less than so that if you're in that state of feeling less than, which a lot of women are at that point, You don't want to feel like that anymore. So you do what they want you to do. And they might not see it in their own world as persuasion and dishonesty, but it is. It It absolutely is. is. I mean, because I'm sure you and I sat here talking now. I could not honestly persuade somebody who had told me that's all they had to spend that money. They must either be delusional or truly believe what they're saying. If they've made money from it and they do have their life, then I guess they do. I guess somewhere along the line, they let that go. So at what point did you decide to let it go? Very quickly, which is even worse because then I spent all that money and it (laughs) wasn't even a long road until the unhappy ending. What really brought it to a head, I was quite, you know, I was trying real hard. I was doing the, the courses and everything. And then they had... What I now know they do every year is the 90-day mastermind, or that's what they call masterclass or mastermind, that's what they call it, where you had to have like um accountability partner. In this case, that was my upline. You know, they were going to give us things to do every week. And if they weren't, if that wasn't, it's like, like, and if that wasn't in by the Sunday, you were out with the mastermind. So it was like a real heavy kind of, you do it or you're out, you do it or you're out, you know, that kind of thing. And then there was all the talk of how this was how everyone got to be successful. This was how they got the lead. You know, my upline said this is how she made her money back and got success. Like this was the big success waiting for us to do this mastermind. And of course, I paid all my money and I wanted it to be a success because essentially I wanted my money back. You know, and the dreams that I've written down on my why, I mean, that's why I did it. So I joined up for the 90 day and I joined up telling my whole, you know, I'm going to do this. I know the nature of my personality now. And that's what I do. And that's what a lot of women do. And then I I did go all in. I was like, like, I'm going to do this because I'm always wanting to succeed. 
doesn't really matter what it is. I go into it feeling like I need to do this and I need to do it properly and I need to succeed. And so, yeah, I went in with that. But, oh, Roberta, very fast. Because bear in mind, they told me it wasn't network marketing and it was completely different and that we were just branding ourselves and being ourselves and living our life, and which I had bought into and believed. And then suddenly in this mastermind, it was all the same stuff. It was like, oh, you know, you have to message, you have to bring 25 new people, friends in, like, you know, friend 25 new people every day into your you know, profile, you know, people you don't know because that's your business and, oh, all this, like, I don't need to go, all the standard things that you were expected to do in network marketing, messaging people and doing, you know, all the things. And I, and it was like, I immediately was like, no, I don't, this, you know, giving us, you know, scripts that we could adapt. So you know what it's like, you know when somebody's in a network marketing company because they all write the same the first couple of weeks, I, I was doing that as well. But it, it was always felt really, uh, it just felt so not right. And then I had COVID. I wasn't particularly overly ill, but I was in bed. And the outline was still kind of, you've got to get your post done and you need to be get up and take photos of yourself. And I'm like, I'm in bed, like ill again. Like, you know, and um it was like nothing was ever good enough. It was push, 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 push. You know, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. I guess from from her perspective, and I, I see that maybe if you're truly into it and you want to, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, will give the benefit of the doubt that it was to push me on so I didn't get, you know, thrown out or whatever. I'm, I'm trying to be kind of nice about it. But I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the... The push, and then she asked me. She told well, and she didn't ask me. She told me to take all my stuff off of my profile. That was anything to do with my own work, like my own coaching and counselling, because that was deemed to be confusing. I didn't want to do that because it was like, well, I've been, you know, I've been working on my counselling and stuff for years. So why would I want to take it all down? It ended up with a very horrible conversation where I, I said that I wasn't happy with it I wasn't I tried to and I'm sure she, I'm sure if she ever listened to this I will be slandered and taken down for saying this but I think I really did try I've looked back over the messages I I'm not very good at standing up and saying I don't like this like it, I'd like I don't take rejection very easily and I realize now that that's part of that's part of how my brain and, and everything works is that I I'd like want to please people and so I found it really hard to say this isn't working for me. So I did say to her, and I know I said this to her, you probably are coming from a, because she said she was just being kind to help me. What I want to point out here is that where is the kindness? Because if you've earned a few thousand dollars from somebody and then you're doing this because you want them to sell it because you're going to make even more, when is kind coming to? Why do I have to? Like it was kind of her to help me. No, basically I paid you. And it's interesting that she was like, "I was kind." You're like, "You're my upline. You're, you're so. This is your job. Like, what do you mean you were kind? That's not even a thing in this well, instance. Well, she's essentially paid for it, wasn't she, Roberta? Like that part of that ten thousand is paying for her lifestyle. Like part of my savings is paying for her lifestyle, but she was being kind to me and I should be grateful for that. <laughs> you should be grateful I stole that money because I was really nice when I did it. 
grateful that you're trying to help me to make money for you for your life. And I know she could say, well, I'm trying to help you be successful. But we all know what that really means. Like, I'm not that stupid. And I, you know, I said to her, I'm sure this coaching and this work that you do works for some people or or you're coming at it from a good place, but it's not working for me. (laughs) Then it all hit the fan because then I was the worst person. I was, I, I don't even, I can't even repeat it because I essentially I ended up on the floor sobbing because because I had to show, and in fact, I did show it to my daughter because I just, I just thought, because I believed her. And I still have, I still go to that place of believing because she told me I needed to get help, that I was the, basically that I was the worst person she'd ever come across that in six years of all of this and all the people she'd ever worked with and all the success she'd created for herself and other people that she'd never met anyone as terrible as me. <laughs> I find that really hard to believe. She seems pretty terrible herself. So I wouldn't and believe how, anything you know, that how woman I, said. And how I wasn't being accountable for my actions. And then I, I said, well, don't you think we both need to be accountable? Doesn't everybody need to be accountable? Why just me? And that ripped open another whole stuff. And then it was about being kind. And and then I just, but then to end that, Robust, because I know I'm going on at length, but essentially what happened was the scales just fell from my. It was like, it was like something happened, and I just saw everything differently. I don't, you know, I know we've all got our different moments of, uh, you know, those moments, that moment when you just go, ah, oh, <laughs> what have I done, and what have I been part of, and what have I agreed to? It's just. Yeah. And now here I am talking to you, and I see it, like I said, from the other side. And and I, she, her words still take me down. That's why I was. That's why I've been scared to talk, and I still am. I have moments when it just takes me over. Like it take. It could have taken me out, down and out. I tell you, it was probably the worst. Um, the worst. It was horrible. It was horrible. And. I- um, I'm so sorry. I don't don't want that for, I don't want that for anyone. And I come from that, you know, I said to her, I come from, I'm a teacher and I'm a counsellor and I come from a place of building people up and not taking them down. It doesn't work for me and I don't use it on other, I wouldn't use that on other people. If somebody came to me and said, you're coaching or you're teaching or you're whatever, isn't working for me, then I would, be saying okay well either we can do it differently or I can help you find someone else and that's fine you need it needs to work for you because that's what any of us in a position like that would should do not take somebody down not beat them down to be like the worst version of anything they could possibly be how is that okay not just for me but for anybody how is that okay like if, nice. if, a, if a parent came to me and said, well, your teaching's not working for my child, I'm not going to say, well, that's because your child is blah, 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 blah. Am I? You know, you just like, you're not going to do, that's not right. I, mean, I can hardly put it into words because it feels so wrong. Uh, I, I know exactly how you feel. I, I, I see it all the time. People cannot take accountability for their actions. They place blame. It's always somebody else's fault. No matter what, 
And not just an MLM, you know, I see it in relationships and I see it on social media and and it's, uh, it's scary. And it's, this is why we have these conversations because sometimes people don't know they're doing it until they hear somebody else talk about it. And they're like, "Uh Oh, well, I suppose that's why I keep going back to not wanting to blame them because I guess I'm not, I want to take responsibility and I want to, I want to understand for my sake and for other people, what it is that drives us, what it even what it even is that drives them that puts us in this situation, because I can't say, I can't put the blame on them because something in me did, went along with it. Well, so I'm so I glad ask. you're out because yeah. I've heard nothing but nightmares about Kangen water yeah. filters. Yeah. <laughs> Not worth $10,000, that's for sure. I'd rather have a camper van. Right? I mean, you can get a Brita at Target for like 20 bucks. Well, that's what I've got now. And the thing is, is that the shame and the humiliation of buying into, of knowing you have bought into that and knowing that that money is all gone, like it is gone. And these people knew it would be gone and they knew there was no income. How do you, how do you sleep at night with that? Well, I'm so glad you're out and I'm glad that you're here talking to us and telling this story because I think there are a lot of people that are going to get value from listening to your story and, and getting sucked into something that they, you know, like I didn't sign up for this kind of thing. Yeah, I hope so. I think once the people are in, I don't know how many people can see it and get out because I think it's, I think it's so much money. It's hard to walk away from. Because to walk away, A, you have to acknowledge that you made a huge mistake. But also, that's a lot of money to recoup. You know, that's a lot of money to feel like you're never going to get back. And what a difference that could make in your life if you still have it. So, you know, I understand on many levels why people stay in and why they keep going and, and um, why they believe they choose to believe it, you know in order to get through it and keep going. I don't know how easy it would be. Like, I just couldn't do it. I guess that's the the bottom line is I couldn't um, be what they wanted me to be in order for me to so-called succeed. And I don't know that I ever would have succeeded. Who knows? But who knows how many of them really succeed? I know the people at the top of Freedom Era are making a huge amount of money, huge amount of money. It's just, ugh. all right. So let me ask you the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Go on then. <laughs> One word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. Oh, manipulation. Give me a warning to somebody who might be wanting to join an MLM. Don't do it. Step back, step right back and give yourself time to really ask yourself why you're doing it and what, whether there's a different way you could do it. There are different ways of making or saving or get financial aid. Work out what it is it's, that's making you do it. Take time because if you're like me and you're impulsive and you see a shiny star and you want to go for it, you're in before you've really thought about it. And if I could go back and take even days to think about it, I wouldn't have done it. But it was too late. It's too late when she's given them your money. Like, it's it's a done deal. And then you could change your mind tomorrow or two years down the track. But the thing is, think about it first. 
research it. Just don't go straight in. Just don't do it. Don't be fooled by the shiny lights and the promises because that's all they are. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Uh, well, that wouldn't be difficult, would it? I mean, I think they're. I think they are across the board. <laughs> Just like I'm so anti them, it's unbelievable. But these funnel ones, these funnel ones, they're dangerous. What is the hardest lesson that you learned in MLM? I guess how vulnerable any of us can be and how vulnerable I had become and how much I needed. It's taught me a lot about myself, but it's come at a price. You know, the need for community, for sorting out issues in your own life, for um, believing and trusting and being a trusting person who trusts people and then having it slam back, but also finding out a lot about myself, but kind of feels too late, but I don't want to allow myself to go to that place because that's not a good place to go. (laughs) And then finally, a positive takeaway from your time in MLM. Well, I kind of, I guess it's the same as the last one in a way, maybe reversed a bit. I, I've come through that and I re- and I've learned all those things about myself and the, um, you know, I was so low and so depressed and in such a bad place. Like I didn't, I don't want to see other people go to that place. It's, it's not a place I want to go and it's not a place that I, I want anyone else to go, even my worst enemies or even any of those people that that were in that. I don't want that for anybody. But sometimes you have to go real low to get to, to see the light and come back. And um, I feel I have some work to do. And now, finally, I think I can see where that needs to be placed. So, you know, and to be fair, in all of my MLM journeys, there have been nice people. Because a lot of distributors are just good people trying to do the same as we did. They're not all manipulating. I mean, they weren't, some of them weren't manipulating me. They were just people in the same place as I was. So, yeah, I met a lot of really good friends in MLM too that I'm still yeah, friends with. Yeah. And it would be hard to, wouldn't it? To, it every experience has something, everything. And it's just whether you choose to um, learn from it, I guess. Anyway, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Um, this was such a wonderful chat. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and so honest with us and telling us your story. Um, and I, I, I see people selling this in magic crap all the time and I hope they're listening. And I hope anybody that heard any of those companies, if you've spoken with somebody or any of the, just run, just turn around. You don't need to sell a ridiculously expensive water filter. <laughs> you don't need to do that. Thank you so much, Nikki. It was, this was lovely. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Mm-hmm.